The inheritance is the kingdom of God. It's heaven. The Holy Spirit is the means by which we experience the kingdom of God in the here and now. And what we have done is, and the church teaches us so beautifully, that heaven is, is uh, or the kingdom is this already not yet reality, right? And we do, mm-hmm. I think what we have done um, is we have placed the not yet yes. as the primary, yes. as opposed to the already. Mm-hmm. And it's it's this complete, which if you will, it, it looks like in biblical times, the early apostolic church mm-hmm. placed the emphasis on the all, the already and not necessarily the not yet. Lord, right? do you they want us w- to call down fire? Right, 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 right. Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Dan Dimite and I'm joined here with my good friends and brothers in Christ, Brad Piron yes, and Aaron Richards. Hello, 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 guys. Happy to be here. Hey, you, this is exciting. We're here in the studio. Which, you which guys studio? are both wearing green. I get to look Whoa, across the table and see <laughs> and two green, green specimens with green My mugs. Green Before the show was a lot of fun. We, we the, Our, our uh, sound producer was giving us, uh, well, was giving Brad advice that you have to speak more clearly into the microphone. Okay, guys, I get excited. Yeah. All right? Okay, I get excited <laughs> and I move away from the microphone. Time. So I'll move it with yeah, me. Yeah, Brad, even while seated, your body's moving everywhere. I just did it. And I didn't even. Yeah. yeah. And so we're gonna like have to like glue Brad's like body in one position or his head or yeah. So I'm focused. But it's really exciting. If this is your first time joining us, Beyond Damascus is the show where we love to uh, kind of just uh, emphasize the power of encounter with Jesus Christ and how that encounter leads us to a life of mission, just like how St. Paul had a life-changing encounter on the road to Damascus, but he didn't just like, hey, it's me and Jesus time. It was that encounter with Jesus propelled him into a life of mission. And today, we're going to dive into this topic of living from our inheritance and how do we embrace the inheritance that God promises us. Like we talk about this in our faith a lot, that we have the inheritance of heaven and like through Christ Jesus, we've received an inheritance. It's all over the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So let's just like, like what is that? And how does it apply to our lives? It's going to be spectacular. Uh, Aaron, you want to kick us off in prayer? Really do. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Jesus, you are our inheritance, Lord. Uh, we pray that today you would allow us to step into this reality that that we live in the midst of uh, transition, God, where we both experience the promise of heaven, yet we've got a got a labor in the vineyard. So we pray, Jesus, for uh, that you that you would touch the hearts of those individuals who found themselves kind of wrapped up in the in the trial of the day and who haven't yet stepped into a place of understanding, accepting, and calling upon that grace that you offer the gifts that you offer, Jesus, the inheritance that you offer. So we pray in Jesus' name that you'd guide our words and lead them to the target. Uh, God, that, that those hearts that are most in need would receive this message. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the, name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm. Amen. That was a good prayer, mm-hmm. Sir Aaron. All right, before we Hopefully dive that's in. the way we're going. <laughs> yeah. Kind of asserted <laughs> some influence. Can I say that I saw a commercial recently where you can buy like one square foot in a Scotland, and then you're officially a sir or madam. <laughs> so you can put it on like your title. Uh-huh. So you just said, Sir Aaron, I'm wondering if we should maybe purchase him as a gift next birthday or something. I'm wondering why I haven't foot. done this yet. 
Yeah, good point. I need this. Yeah, no, I, I don't know if Sir would would fit well with with your name, Dave. <laughs> I, I Sir Daniel. I think it's both Sir and Lord. You get both technically, it or does, something it, like lowercase L, obviously. Yeah. But. My little town is called Berwick. Sir Daniel of Berwick. <laughs> Sounds great. Hey, that would better, work. Better than <laughs> kind of works. It's a little epic. But anyway. Could my children be my peasants? Uh, I think All that's right. inappropriate. So what is, <laughs> <laughs> what's the best thing that happened this weekend? Or what's the Lord saying in your prayer? Just fun fun things. What's going down? Um, I think best thing that happened this weekend, two of our mission yes, staff people yes, got married. Yes. And um, it was amazing. Shout out to Anthony and Mary Beth for being awesome. And we actually like attended the uh, wedding um, ceremony at mm-hmm. my home parish, St. Paul in Ooh, Westerville. Whoop. And uh, on Sunday, so um, the day after the wedding, uh, yeah. Father Wilson, who's the pastor there, just um, spoke how the Lord moved in his heart during the wedding and was speaking to just the power of um, like communal response and how whenever we're actually like operating together, something beautiful happens. And so I was really touched, first of all, just by being there because it was yeah. an amazing celebration. And then the follow-up the next day to hear that it wasn't just, like, you know, me and my immediate, like, sphere of influence that were excited about the day, but that it was blessing something bigger than that was awesome. So that was my weekend. If you ever want a spouse, just become a missionary at Damascus because (laughs) our missionaries are getting married left and right, which is pretty amazing. Pretty high batting average right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the purpose of the program, but it's definitely a nice byproduct. COVID was good to us. (laughs) I'm uh, I'm, I'm just going to reserve myself from the conversation. (laughs) The missionary recruiter. You don't use that in recruiting? I don't use it in recruiting. It's probably not the reason. (laughs) Why were you called to serve as a missionary with Damascus? I'm looking for a <laughs> yeah. yeah i had a i had a handful of people ask me over the course of the weekend like when was it that you anticipated or knew that god was going to uh use like that that one of the fruits of the missionary program at damascus was going to be all these beautiful couples and all consequently all these beautiful children uh being conceived in the lord right and um i i was reflecting back to a lot of things here happen not by accident but like the lord guides us in a prophetic process and then we get to look back and be like oh yeah of course of course that was my plan <laughs> yeah, right. all along, all along. We, we, we knew it in our minds the entire so, time yeah it was it was the uh second year of our missionary program um sam halligan and whitney fisher came dating and when sam approached me one afternoon and asked mm-hmm. hey would you be open to me asking my girlfriend to to marry me as a second year missionary Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that moment where I just, I saw the future revealed. <laughs> it was like, it was the, like the Lord roll. <laughs> it so, will be pl- a plethora of married couples. It is, it, it is really beautiful too. Just the, like the way that, um, I don't know the way that, uh, that two people, um, coming together vocationally, like as part of a community impart something on the community mm-hmm. too. Like each couple that I've seen, they just have a charism that they're bringing. Like Mary Beth and Anthony are like the most joyful people you'll ever meet. And like the whole day was just awesome. And it's like, man, the Lord's just really blessed uh, us with so many amazing people. So it was Absolutely. just a sweet weekend. But. Yeah. It's neat. The, just the, well, first the beauty of the liturgy, when two mm-hmm. people are in love with the Lord and the, their communities in love with the Lord, it just, the liturgy is so vibrant and there are mm-hmm. so many people mm-hmm. coming up to me during the reception just like wow i didn't even know like i didn't know catholics like celebrated the mass like mm-hmm. that still <laughs> it's right. like we, yeah, yeah like yeah. we do right mm-hmm. like this can be like it, it's such a witness uh mm-hmm. in in so many ways 
I, I always love some priests often highlight at wedding receptions that the uh, the Lord promises us that heaven will be like a a, a wedding banquet, right? Not mm-hmm. not necessarily like it's the banquet that celebration that feast mm-hmm. with family and friends and um and that that banquet's so awesome mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. so that and that's kind of like we're you know heaven is I think what most of us long for, right? It's something that <laughs> we're we're yeah. hungry to experience and to witness. And so today we're going to be talking about this uh, a little bit about our heavenly inheritance, but how we have access to that heavenly inheritance here now, which is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think to just root us in some scripture, which mm-hmm. is uh, always a good thing to do. Um, the Lord says in Galatians chapter four, he, he says, uh, to prove that you are children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then also an heir through God. Like, I just love this. You're no longer a slave, mm-hmm. but a son. And if a son, then an heir, right? And so that's like a powerful declaration that mm-hmm. Paul makes, right? Like, you are no longer a slave. What does it mean? Like when you guys hear that you're no longer a slave, what it like in, in the Christian context, what does that mean for us? Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. So I, I've reflected on this a handful of times, Patrick Rice, uh, the director of an encounter ministries up in Brighton, Michigan. And I were, were chatting about this verse and, and various other ones it, at a handful of different times in scripture. Um, the Lord refers to us by different titles. And one of those here is, um, is slavery under the law. Right. And slavery under the law isn't necessarily the worst thing, right? I'd mm-hmm. rather be a slave to the to the law, slave to the Lord, than to be lost in the wilderness, right? <laughs> to, right. to be burning in the pit of hell. So like when when along the path to to virtue, right, that the Lord walks us through through seasons. And one of those seasons to us can be truly uh like when when you are caught in a place of slavery to sin, the mm-hmm. better option mm-hmm. is to align yourself to the lordship of Jesus, right? To allow yourself to be the slave mm-hmm. to righteousness, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. as opposed to a slave to sin, even the slave to the law for a time being, right? To like, yeah, that righteousness mm-hmm. and, and like it falling is a, under the right order, which is which is a, a mercy that the Lord would offer to us. That the law mm-hmm. could actually be a way when when. Um, forced upon us, right? Uh, you know, we, we allow ourselves for it to be forced upon us, but in the mm-hmm. same way that we see, you know, the, the legal system is, is essentially supposed to be a mercy to people to prevent them from making mm-hmm. mistakes that would ruin their lives or the lives of those around them. So yeah, I think to be a slave to righteousness, a slave to the law is, is in fact a step along the path, but it's not the fulfillment of what God has for us, mm-hmm. that it's a, it's a step toward maturity, right? And you, you mentioned the the wedding feast, right? That we see the, the grand finale sort of a Christian relationship being mm-hmm. this, this um, fulfillment of the, of the marriage between, mm-hmm. between a, a intimate lovers. And that's something that oftentimes, you know, a, a baby Christian or someone in the infancy of their conversion has, has difficulty wrapping their head around. Mm-hmm. Like, what, is it, what does it mean to be in relationship with Lord where we experience this place of, of deep, intimate, personal knowledge and intimacy? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think I think that's that's where we're where Paul's guiding us that, hey, like step one was a good step, mm-hmm. but but know that there's more. Mm. Yeah. Well, because under both under both, I'm dependent on God. Yeah. And under both, there's like a, a possession where the Lord actually has possession of me. But 
the the interesting I love that that Paul's making the dichotomy between slave and son because slave and son again to the point Aaron's making there there's a there's a connectedness between how we fall under someone between slave and son but it's very different with how we connect with them yes does that make sense because like whenever I'm a slave I'm doing things out of obligation to someone in order to continue to earn my right to be under them yep right but when I'm a son I'm now doing things to become more like the one I'm under, not out of fear that I'll no longer be under him, if that makes sense. So it allows me to have a freedom uh, away from performance. That's the first thing I think about is because, um, yeah, like a slave who wasn't able to do the tasks as well as they should have been able to was quickly no longer Mm -hmm. a desired slave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But a son is almost more desired yeah. When they can't do what they're being asked to do. Yeah. Because the father's like, let me show you. Yeah. Right? Like very, very seldom do we see in the human experience a slave master go, Hey, I'm gonna show you as a slave how to do this thing. But so often we see a father come to a son and say, Hey, I, I see that you're falling short here. Yeah. Let me let me show you something different. When a slave has no share in the father's inheritance, but right. the son does. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting because you guys point out this idea that there's two different kinds of slavery that Paul highlights throughout his epistles. It's you've got the slavery to sin, and on, on the one hand, that declaration is true here as well mm-hmm. that you are no longer a slave. Mm-hmm. You're not yeah. a slave to you in Christ Jesus. You're not a slave to sin. You're not a slave to your brokenness. You're not a slave to the, your former way of life. You are set free yeah. in Christ Jesus. That you are a new creation. So God yeah. has promised you through baptism mm-hmm. something has happened. And you have been redefined. Your your human existence has been redefined in Jesus, right? You're the the you're the slave. Mm-hmm. Imagine being a slave. You're a slave for life. You're just kind of like man. Like mm-hmm. there's there's no escaping this. And in mm-hmm. Christ Jesus, your future has been redefined. So you're no longer a slave. You're mm-hmm. now set free. And and yet, Paul here is almost he's highlighting as you said, Aaron, this idea of well, you can even be in in Christ and in the church and yet still be a slave to the law. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily mm-hmm. hit the fullness of life that he has planned for you. And mm-hmm. I think it's possible that many of us who are baptized Christians can stumble throughout our lives, l- falling into being the slavery of sin or the, mm-hmm. even the slavery of the law. And, and the Lord saying, this isn't the life I had for you. Yeah. I had something different. <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, it's just, it, it reechoes that promise that, that there is more. There's more, there's more, there's more, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I love, you know, even in the context of inheritance, that w- we constantly fall into the temptation of putting ourselves and putting the Lord in a box. That, you know, the 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 way that I knew him on the first day of my mm-hmm. conversion, or I even, I, I'm thinking back, like there's, a, there's this image I share with our missionaries all the time. Uh, I remember when I was learning how to pray in high school, uh, you know, wrapped up in all of my... Um, idiocy of high school decisions. Uh, I remember sitting at my, at my desk one time and just thinking more from a, more from a place of like intellectual desire than even a place of desperation, but like, God, would you just take away my free will so yeah. that I could be a better Christian? <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> I right, think right, everyone right, was right, praying right, that right. at one point, like, I hate yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and you know, how funny is it that, 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 that's sort of what, that's mm-hmm. sort of what we're seeing here. That like that that's that's an immature perspective, but it's not mm-hmm. a wrong perspective. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a step along the journey. Mm-hmm. But but God says, you know, there's more. Yep. Yeah. When when you thought that was enough, um, I was just I was I was 
pointing my finger to, to scratch mm-hmm. the surface of, yeah. of, of what, of, of what a true relationship with me is, mm-hmm. is found in. And you know what? I, I, I would argue even as, even as I understand sonship today, um, just a little advanced permission that mm-hmm. I bet tomorrow God's got something more. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's a path of just discovering. Well, sometimes I'm like, you read the gospels, you're like, man, Jesus, why are you so hard on the Pharisees? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they, because, were the, they were the good guys. I know. <laughs> yeah, right, right, like, right. Like they're doing like, and some, sometimes it's like, man, are they, it seems <laughs> like, okay, we're, we're following the law yeah. and we're doing our best. And, Jesus's hardship on them is almost this idea of the the it's the arrogance that well we have figured it out and yep. we've perfected the Christian life 100%. and as opposed to this place of mm-hmm. realizing there's more like you you conforming yourself to the law isn't enough that there is more there are greater treasures there mm-hmm. are greater riches that you that that the Lord wants to pour on you, right? Mm-hmm. The, the 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 richness of love, which is uh, mm-hmm. ultimately what Jesus often is hammering yeah. the Pharisees for. That, but the richness of peace and joy, mm-hmm. these riches mm-hmm. that the Lord wants to pour out on us. Yeah. So we're no longer a slave. What, kind of what was it like when you guys broke free from slavery? Mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. one one thing for me that I, I always think back to is there was a uh, like a definite time in my life where I moved from. Um, kind of the acceptance of things were pretty good and they'll probably stay like this and we'll just get through it to like hungering for great, if that makes sense. And everything you guys are saying like reminds me of that season of my life because like it's a good thing to just like follow the rules put in front of you to like to do the things that the Lord's asking you to do. But it's a great thing to like come alongside him and ask the question why and have him show you things, you know? Um, It's coming to my mind that Jesus spoke that, um, that he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it, that heaven and earth would pass away before a single letter of the law becomes void. And what did he mean by that? Well, like actually he came as the son to fulfill the law because sonship fulfills the law. So I I started desiring to actually do the things that were asked of me, not just have them asked to me and do it begrudgingly. And now there was a huge movement in my heart in that season where I started like desiring righteousness. It was like, okay, I see that you're saying that Lord, but why? And, and like almost like um oh is it uh is it Abraham who talks down the Lord um from like destroying the city yeah. he's like but what if it was this many or what if it was this yeah. like don't get annoyed with me Lord and I just kept asking him these whys like don't get annoyed with me Lord and the Father kept showing up like no I'm, I'm not upset when my my son asks a question yeah like I want to help you see the way I see I want you to like and so I think I just tasted a freedom to be authentically true in faith. Like to sit with the Lord and no longer think that if I say what's really on my heart in this prayer time, it's not good prayer. Yeah. Um, but to actually reveal my heart to the Lord and say, okay, teach me your ways. Um, and it was in college for me, and it really changed my life to go from this, like, I'm just going to be good and try not to mess these things up, and when I do, I'll go to confession, to I don't want to just settle for these things. Yeah. Of course I want to not mess up, but I more than not messing up, I want to live a really amazing life saintly holy life and yeah. so there was a there was a just a tangible shift for me absolutely there was a phrase that captured that i remember uh and I, I forget where or how i was introduced to it but the idea of heroic virtue hmm. that that really captured that for me like i want to be a hero um yeah and and that sort of reframes the conversation mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. virtue being a discipline that I choose because i don't want to be a loser mm-hmm. to a place <laughs> yeah of, right right like 
that that being a hero is something I can I can align my life to. Yes, I want to remain in victory. I'm yeah. not afraid of defeat. I want to remain in victory. Yeah, it's a different. That's funny because I can actually like having known you in high school, Aaron. It's like I think hmm. I I I can now picture a season in your life where you were just choosing virtue because you didn't want to be like the loser. Like you didn't, you don't yeah. want to choose the, like, well, that way of life just seems weak and bad. So I'm going to choose yeah. the virtuous thing for, <laughs> and where that shift happened for, no, I'm, I'm going after something yes. as opposed yeah. to avoiding something. There was, there was a big shift for me too. So I, and I, I, I speak about this often. I may have actually mentioned that on the show before, but mm-hmm. um, through high school and college, like trying to build discipline and virtue and, and particularly in areas of chastity, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and leading a youth ministry program for years, like, yeah. man, I, I knew the discipline down to a science. I had coached hundreds of guys mm-hmm. through yeah. disciplining your life to build systems where you can mm-hmm. grow stronger. And uh, I, I went to confession once. It was, I don't know, earlier, midway through college with uh, with Bishop Griffin. He was in retirement mm-hmm. at Ohio Dominican. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, went as was my course and kind of confessing through the, through the framework of discipline. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, I'd probably heard these words before, but for some reason this time that seed took root and he, he spoke something so simple that was, that was like, uh, do you think the Lord is angry when you screw up or joyful when you come back into friendship? Mm -hmm. Um, and that was, that was the first place. I, I, that was the first time once again, that, 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 that invitation took root of, of realizing that like God actually desires relationship with me more mm-hmm. than perfection from me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that totally shifted my framework of, uh, you know, one of the terms that we use here at Damascus is that you're not a sinner who sometimes gets lucky, but you're a saint who frequently makes, makes mistakes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference in how you, in how you view yourself and how the Lord views you. Absolutely. That mm-hmm. like Jesus, I'm a friend right now. And when I sin, I come to confession, mm-hmm. not because, uh, like, oh crap, I've broken my streak of perfection and now I need to come mm-hmm. into this place of realigning myself. But because I want to, I want to be rooted in relationship with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so rich. There's a huge difference between a, a slave that goes to their master after they have made a mistake versus a son who goes to their loving father mm-hmm. after they've made yeah. a mistake. There's yeah. a, a giant difference. Exactly. And there was a, <clears throat> for me, that, that movement from slavery to, to sonship, there's so many moments, right? But one so many, yeah. one that is highlighted right now in my heart is just this. Uh, as early in my conversion, I put a law upon myself that I needed to have 30 minutes of daily personal prayer, oh, and, yeah. it, and it had to have a one. It had to have a very <laughs> sure. structured approach to it, right? It had to like mm-hmm. the Bible had to be out. I had to read X number mm-hmm. of chapters mm-hmm. from Scripture, and I remember just like missing personal prayer every once in a while, and like beating myself up for it. And I'm yeah. like. And then just like realizing like, oh my gosh, like I've become a slave to the spiritual practice that I did for the sake of relationship. And mm-hmm. prayer had no longer been, it was no longer this desire to spend time with my father, right? Mm-hmm. Or intimacy with Christ. It was it was me fulfilling an obligation. And, and mm-hmm. just like free, the, that moment of like just saying like, I'm not going to be burdened yeah. by spiritual practices anymore. I'm going to pursue relationship. And that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the spiritual practices aren't sure. valid or sure, important. Sure, sure. It just means that through pursuing relationship, 
the mm-hmm. the spiritual practices naturally come. Like I don't spend time talking to my wife every day out of responsibility and duty. I spend time talking to my wife every day because I love my wife, which and, fulfills the responsibility. Which fulfills duty. the responsibility right? because because yeah. it's still there. It's mm-hmm. just now background, and, and that that's huge in the lives of the young adults that we walk with here at Damascus. It's that. Like, I, I think that's a perfect analogy for it is that responsibility and duty is not at the forefront of my mind. I'm not doing this out of that. Yeah. I'm doing this and it's achieving mm-hmm. that. It's, yes. it's, it's a, that's, that's a distinction yep. that has much difference, you know, like, um, and it's important for us to kind of yeah. see how are we operating. Let me, let me throw a further distinction on that too, because, uh, it, I, we don't want to say that discipline and routine is, is the enemy of intimacy either. So like, Mm-hmm. I, I presume, Dan, that you've probably experienced, there have been various times in my marriage, I'd say the mm-hmm. same thing. Like um, initially in our dating relationship, it was like, okay, we need to, we need to invest in, uh, in a solid base here. So we need to have mm-hmm. a phone call every mm-hmm. night, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially doing a long distance thing. Like that was a, that was a discipline that we had mm-hmm. to build for the sake of connection, yeah, building relationship. And then, yeah, through after close to 15 years of marriage, like it's come to the place where, yeah, there's like, a, there's a flow of intimacy in the mm-hmm. way that we communicate, but there are seasons where you can fall out of that flow where mm-hmm. you've got to reestablish yourself mm-hmm. in discipline. discipline. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember, I remember scoffing one time at somebody who said like that we need to schedule a date night once a month or, or mm-hmm. more frequently into mm-hmm. our schedule. I was like, Oh, that's so inauthentic. And and yeah. then there comes a point where I'm like, okay, we haven't had a date night in eight months. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're because running we, around constantly. Because we need to now yeah. schedule that in, until we can make it an internalized priority again. Yep. And what yep. is that about us? Sometimes we do. We consider the things that are scheduled or routine inauthentic. Yeah. And I, I do think there's an interesting cycle to this, right? Because because then you'll, you'll begin going back to the responsibility and duty that I have, which will hold me to it again, and then you'll fall into flow again. Mm-hmm. And then that flow will change because the season changes or something changes yeah. or there's an important thing coming up. And I, I feel like it, it's almost like the turning of the seasons. And it's yeah. almost like the Lord takes you into greater maturity each time. Yeah. Because I, I, I find myself um, in my life right now going back to old um, ways of approaching personal prayer that I did right after conversion yeah. that at some point got laborsome for me in in the wrong sense where it was like more of a work than a relationship but now he's bringing me back and i'm like whoa this is actually so freeing because i'm not kind of like lost in space and so i don't know there's some kind of so this is super rich this we promised a show on inheritance (laughs) and we're diving deep into like my introduction question (laughs) which is so we're no longer slaves but we're sons and i think that is that reality of yes, the we want to be broken free from a duty bound religion mm-hmm. to a relationship uh, oriented uh, religion, right? Mm-hmm. That like I, I'm experiencing intimacy mm-hmm. with the Lord, but then the that that relationship as sons, I love this because he says you're no longer slaves, but you're sons, and if sons, then heirs, right? And this idea that there's there's mm-hmm. something that comes with sonship that doesn't come with slavery, right? Mm-hmm. And that. Because the relationship has has a transformation, and it's possible that I can be baptized and still live a slave style relationship with the Lord. And so, until that relationship is reoriented towards and transformed towards sonship or uh, daughtership, once that happens, mm-hmm. we start to see a fruit of that relationship. And the fruit of the relationship of sonship is an inheritance, right? And 
And so the the inheritance that is promised to us is all over Scripture, right? That we've got this this promise of an inheritance. And in Ephesians chapter one, God says um, that he, that God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And I love this. He goes on in verse eleven. He says um, that we have obtained an inheritance, and we are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is guarantee, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise mm-hmm. of his glory. So we, we've obtained this uh, uh, inheritance, and we've been given the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantor of this inheritance, until mm-hmm. we, we have complete comp- uh, possession of it, right? So there's this, mm-hmm. there's this already not yet reality of the inheritance mm-hmm. where we've obtained it, and yet the Holy Spirit is almost the bridge that makes sure that until we get the full possession of it, that we mm-hmm. experience the inheritance of heaven. So why don't, what is, when we, we talk about the inheritance, right? Mm-hmm. What is the inheritance that the Lord gives us mm-hmm. as his sons? Uh, well, a- access to all that is his, right? Like I, yeah. I'm just thinking about it in the natural sense, like the inheritance that comes to a son or a daughter, um, usually upon the passing, right, of their their earthly father and mother is access to all that was their father and mother's, Right. And our Father in heaven has desired to give us access to everything that's his. And there's a mystery in that because everything is his. Yeah. And so what does that mean? And to what level do I have possession of it? And 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 like also I, I would imagine like in a larger family, the inheritance it, it gets uh broken up in certain ways. Where where this person gets because they uh value these type of things, the father's like Oh, I'm going to give them more of that of yeah. mine, you know. And this person values these things. I'm going to give them more than that of mm. mine. So, um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. The father gives what his children value the I th- most. I think. Yeah. At least, at that's, least you would beautiful. think of a, like a good earthly father doing yeah. that. Like um, maybe um, I don't know. A, a father's like I, I know this son or daughter of mine loves our um, small little lake house that we go yeah. to. I'm going to leave that to them, right? Yeah. But I know that this person like loves the family business, and I'm going to li- like yeah. You you wonder, but anyway, I, I think at least um, at least an inheritance is access to what um, to what the one who's giving it has. Yeah. You know? Amen. I love that. I keep wrapping my mind around, uh, you know, when I think of inheritance, I, I can't. I have difficulty separating uh, the things of this world. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, okay, what does what does God own? Like, what does God have to give? <laughs> And it's funny, so I, I, I mentioned this, I know on the show before, but uh, St. Thomas, when he, when he looks at this, that, that verse that you just shared, he identifies that it's, it's, the, it's the resurrection, like it's the resurrected life that mm-hmm. is the inheritance that, that the Lord has for us. Mm-hmm. The, the resurrected life of Jesus is, is the perfect, I don't know, participation in, mm-hmm. in his, uh, when I speak of the... Speak, can't can't shoot from the hip when I'm speaking about Trinitarian theology. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right. The, you, you just can't quote the Summa right away. I can sip coffee slowly. So, I need to think a little longer. So, uh, well, let, let me let me wrap it up in this. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, Saint Thomas says, are a foretaste for us of of what we will possess in the resurrection. Yep. So when the Holy Spirit, mm. the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is that guarantee, and the gifts that He offers to us today are an insight yep. into mm-hmm. what it is that we will possess in its fullness in the mm-hmm. resurrected life. Mm-hmm. So uh, whether, you know, wherever you want to, wherever you want to um, 
to try to define that, whether it's the the seven sure. gifts from from the Old Testament that we talk about in the Sacrament of Confirmation, whether it's the expression mm-hmm. of the more evangelical gifts in the New Testament, mm-hmm. or you go all the way back to Genesis, like it's those those preternatural gifts of of uh, what what's life like before mm-hmm. before the pain of death, before yeah. before fear, yep, mm-hmm. um, before we're limited by the ability to move from place to place because stuff's in our way, right? Uh, that's that's the promise of the resurrected life. Mm-hmm. It's it's freedom from all inhibition, and mm-hmm. and and that that's why Paul, in the same breath, will will say to zealously pursue, like to earnestly desire those gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because because that's our expression today right, right. of what's available to us in yep. in yeah. in the end. Yeah. So that's and that's the promise of sons is that we're going to experience the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it, it, Paul lays out to the Ephesians, okay, there's this reality that you're going to experience the fullness of the resurrection, the yeah. fullness of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And mm. yet, until you have complete possession of it, I have given you the gift of the Holy Spirit to to allow you to experience that now yeah. in this world, right? Even mm. I like to say that the inheritance of heaven, uh. what does God have to give? And he says it. He's he, So he talks about you're going to receive an inheritance in Galatians yeah. mm-hmm. 4. Mm-hmm. And then Galatians 5, he says, so don't live as slaves to sin but and gratify mm-hmm. the desires mm-hmm. of the flesh, but live in the Spirit. And he says, and yeah. the fruit of the Holy Spirit is peace, love, joy, gentleness, kindness, generosity, okay. faithfulness, uh, patience, uh, and self-control. And all of these gifts, uh, I mean, all of these fruits of the Holy Spirit— that is the inheritance, the, the inheritance of heaven. When I receive mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, what naturally comes forth from me is peace. It's love. It's joy. It's, that's how I spend the Holy Spirit. I spend him by have, living peaceful. So I spend him why is with it generosity. When you say the inheritance, the inheritance is the gift of the Holy Spirit. I, I said the inheritance is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's almost like there's uh, there's this disappointment yeah. that settles in. Like, oh, is that it? Dang. Um, is that, that doesn't, that does there was no disappointment in me. No, I was no, excited. Because, because, I, because I feel like, I feel I, like we've wrapped ourselves up in this idea that, uh, and I'll use, I'll use, um, some of the, you know, the, the charismatic gifts, you know, I, I pray for healing, but I have, I have somehow come to the expectation that, mm-hmm. that frequently some portion of my prayer is going to be rendered ineffective. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I think that for for us who exist in the world, who is everybody, mm-hmm. that that when we talk about the gifts of the spirit, it's like this promise that isn't always, not, it's not always actualized or yeah. fulfilled, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, the Lord promises peace, but guess what? Like my life's still filled with with anxiety. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's the the problem. So yeah, the <laughs> they were ready and they were experiencing the kingdom of God. And what does Jesus say? He doesn't say the kingdom of God will come to you when you die. He says the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. And because <laughs> Jesus lived as if the kingdom of God was at the inheritance is the kingdom of God. It's heaven. The Holy Spirit is the means by which we experience the kingdom of God in the here and now. And what we have done is, and the church teaches us so beautifully, that heaven is, is uh, or the kingdom is this already not yet reality, right? And we do, mm-hmm. I think what we have done um, is we have placed the not yet yes. as the primary, yes. as opposed to the already. Mm-hmm. And it's it's this complete, which if you will, it, it looks like in biblical times, the early apostolic church mm-hmm. placed the emphasis on the 
all, the already and not necessarily the not yet. Lord, right? do you they want us to call down fire? Right, from right, 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 right. Exactly. Like they at hand, he experienced in his earthly ministry manifestations of the yeah. kingdom of God. And so if we live as if the kingdom of God is at hand mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. we will experience in our earthly ministry and in our earthly lives the, the manifestations of the kingdom here and now. Yeah. Pray, as yeah, he teaches his yeah. disciples, pray that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That mm-hmm. it's not... Pray that when when we die, and I think inheritance confuses us because usually we 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 associate inheritance with death, and so I think what's happened is we're like, oh well, when I die, I'll get the inheritance. But it's not when I die I get the inheritance. Mm-hmm. It's when the one who was sent to give me the inheritance dies. Yes, that's when I receive it. And Jesus Christ came, and He already died, and He <laughs> rose again. And because He rose again, like you said, Aaron, He redefined inheritance. That the one who gave us the inheritance has died. But because of the resurrection, the inheritance is his own life, which is like insane. He like his glor his glorified body, his resurrection unleashes the inheritance of heaven mm-hmm. into our lives. Well, here think about that because you're you're taking it from a heavenly perspective and bringing it into an earthly perspective instead of the other way around. Because yeah. the earthly perspective, we are like when someone dies, then you get the inheritance. But but as you were speaking there, Dan, what I began thinking is the inheritance is actually my ability to live with that person and all they have until they die. Hmm. So like even even think like a good father who has his family. It's like yeah. all that he has is still his kids before he dies. Yeah, and the it, kids it's are just like named theirs it. after that. Yeah. Right. So even in the when we try to put an earthly perspective into a heavenly reality, yeah. it's the wrong way of doing it. It's that heavenly perspective that actually the inheritance to which we will one day be full heirs of. We are currently heirs of now. And I I think that one thing I talk to young adults about all the time is I fear that we've made heaven boring because we've emphasized the not yet so much. We've Mm -hmm. made it so other that we're like, well, am I just going to like float around as a ghost for all eternity? You know, like, and if the whole point of Christianity is that heaven's amazing and heaven becomes boring, why am I going to do the Christian thing anymore? But when we emphasize the here now, the adventure and the liveliness gets infused back into it. Yeah. Like the best parts of my life now perfected, that sounds amazing. The the hard parts of my life right now done away with, that's amazing. So when we start emphasizing the here now again, it's like, oh, wait, there's something about heaven again. And, and then I can appreciate the inheritance in a different way, I think. And I challenge any listener that as you're speaking, if they questioned the here now, right? Yeah. That as you yeah. say already, but not yet, or the here now, right? That is it that, okay, yes, I, I kind of believe I can experience it here now, but not really. Well, ask right? yourself the question. Yeah. Everything you've ever needed for salvation is available to you right now. Do you believe that? It's true. It's true. Right. It's true yeah. that ev- everything. So as yeah. we sit here. And, and this is where I get with young adults as well is like, you know, when I, when I'm in my long-term vocation, when I'm here, it's like everything you've ever needed for salvation is here right now, right now. But even but if like, like the, the church's access to grace, like your baptism, but what you're suggesting is everything you, that you need is here now. I, here. What I'm suggesting is salvation is here now. Yeah, correct. So it's not everything I need to earn salvation. Salvation has been innocence given to me yes, in Christ yes, Jesus. Yes. And that is my inheritance. Well, no, I, but I, yes, I would say that there's a wedding between those two things though, because everything I need to earn salvation is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But, so it, it's, it, but, but emphasizing that I think is important, but yeah. it is like some, their access did need to be earned. Yep. I just could never earn it. I think the, right. The, the beauty is though, can we change our framework that I'm not, I'm not going after something. Sure. I'm actually, 
already in possession of something. So the mm-hmm. difference between mm-hmm. the me going after something to get holy, to get peace, to get joy, that I'm I'm trying to get it. That's not that's not living the Christian life. The Christian life is I've already been given everything I think I don't have. I actually have it. I need to learn how to live it and how to release it, right? Yeah. That I already have peace. Mm-hmm. I already have joy. I already have gentleness. So mm-hmm. if I'm like, man, I'm just so angry. No, I'm no, no, no. I am peaceful. I've been redefined in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creation. The mm-hmm. peace of Christ is my inheritance. I possess it. Now I have to learn how to release well, it. Well, I have access to it. Yeah. If I if I don't take a withdrawal on that, or if yeah. I don't grab it, then that's actually not true about me. But it's in me. So the, yeah, the, sure. the Christ Jesus is alive in yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, you so, we would agree there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so I may not be, it, it may not be the fruit of my actions mm-hmm. right now, but it's in me, well, right? Yeah. Like if I, if Jesus, he says, I am the light of the world. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you are the light of the world. Mm-hmm. If Jesus is good, then I am good. Yeah, yeah. If Jesus is peace, then I am mm-hmm. peace. If yeah. Jesus is love, then I am love. And that, but the, so the, 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 the practice of the Christian life is not, can I work hard enough to get something? And, but rather, how do I learn to release what God has already given? Yeah, yeah. Or, or um, I want to bring that back to Aaron's thought because there's a tension even in my heart in this that I'm trying to discover as I'm speaking it. But like the degree to which we have access to that's the degree to which we're living the resurrected life. So like yep. if, if the inheritance, just like if I can like parse it out, if our inheritance is the resurrected life, there is a part of that inheritance that's available to me now to the degree I cooperate with it. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not just there in the ether for me to live out of. It's a cooperation because right. the Lord won't force it on me. He's not going to force gentleness on me if I want to flip this table over, but I have access to that gentleness when I yield to him. And the resurrected life is a life fully yielded unto the father. Let me, let is me that, toss one more thing. So is that, I, yeah. I think even in that statement, though, there's a presumption that uh, the natural state is negative, but I have access to the positive. Correct. Yes. The natural state is positive. That's yeah. That's a beautiful way. Of saying yeah, it. I, yeah. I think I wrestle with that. So, so you so, are gentle. That doesn't in take Christ into account Jesus. the fall, does it? it I don't well, think it, does, it adequately. But then it takes does. into account our baptism. So so when mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when we are redeemed in Christ. Yeah. Right. That our our nature is actually transformed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and and I think that's we're, we're saying the same thing in a different way. Yeah, and, sure, and yeah, it's sure. a, it's a habit that we have to break. Agree is, is coming to this place of of understanding. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I am I am not a sinner who sometimes gets lucky. I am not an angry person who has access to peace. Um, yeah, I I am I'm a son of God mm-hmm. who's 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 made to operate in a certain way in the image and likeness of God. I already have access to my resurrected life, right? It's a weird, weird, wild stuff here. Yeah. But but I but I've got to I've got to realize that this is this is who I am, and to actually sin is is an act that's below my nature. Agreed. Right. Completely agree. So so like that should be the thing that is that is uh, infrequent. Yeah. Right. That should be the thing that, yeah. that's 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 strange. Yeah. Yet concupiscence has made that my tendency. Right. So I, I think we need to be careful because, it, again, we're walking a tightrope because, like, I, I agree that so by my baptism, I've been I've been baptized into the death of Jesus and I've been brought up into his resurrected life. Yet I am I'm not living 
past the thin veil. Mm -hmm. I'm not living past the thin veil. And so in that, the world that has fallen around me provokes my tendency through concupiscence to interact with that fallen world instead of the heavenly world. So in each moment, I have to choose which I'm cooperating with. And that's the Christian walk is which one am I cooperating with when I, when but I, I speak this. But I think there's more than that. that. So uh, my, my, what I'm suggesting is there's a yeah. greater reality. So I think that's even still somewhat of a, a slave mi- mindset that, that, I, mm. that if I can get to the place, the renewal of the mind. I think that was an I insult, Brad. <laughs> no, no, I <laughs> no, do no, think no. it is. No, it's say because it, say it's it. a slave mindset that the, the, the power of the world is, is stronger than the power of heaven that dwells inside of me. So, so the power of the world that's outside mm. of me is a seductive suggestion but the power of heaven is inside yeah, yeah, of me, yeah, yeah. and that's what will transform it, me. It's not the power, though. Yeah. I always say that it's pr- it's provocative. Yeah. So I wouldn't say it's more. I, I I'm just saying I think it's yeah, a yeah. straw man of what I'm saying. If, but if we're determining power, because the Lord is clearly more powerful than the world. But what I'm saying is the world can be more provocative than the Lord in seasons of my life. What I'm saying is there is there is greater power in me than there is outside of me, and that power. But if I don't believe that power is in me, I don't. I I I won't realize. Yeah. It. So if, greater if is I the think, one in me than the if, one who is in the world. If I think the power of heaven is outside of me, then mm-hmm. then. Th- then everything is outside of me, but the power of heaven is inside of me. I Agreed. am a temple of the Holy Spirit, and I have at, the 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 inheritance mm-hmm. has been given to me. So the the peace that I long for is already in me. And what happened mm-hmm. in, in my mm-hmm. spiritual life? I think it was so beautiful, and so it, yeah, it, it was this this movement from I'm striving to get something to I'm. Sh- I, I'm learning to release something. Yeah. And there's a total difference that I'm striving to get access to something I don't have, which is not a truth in our faith that I don't have the treasures of heaven. They've already been given to me. Mm-hmm. So now instead, when if my mindset isn't that I'm striving to get, because when I'm striving to get, I'm never enough. Yeah. Yeah. But when I when I already have, I realize, man, I am so mm-hmm. loved. And the Father loves me so much, He's already given yeah, me everything yeah. of heaven. And now all I need to do is learn how to be better at releasing yeah, these things, yeah. right? Or so I'm not striving I'm... to get rid of my anger. I already have peace. I'm learning to release that peace more effectively. But, but I might be striving to be peaceful. No, no, I, no, 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 I, no, 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 no. That's, that's what I'm trying to overcome right so now. I, I'm no, trying I dis- to say break that mindset and learn to release. So I, I, But I disagree there because then what you're – because literally like you, you're, you're suggesting a life – that that does not that that literally does. In order to live that life fully, I think you would have to create a literally a place outside of the world. That's not like it's it's the in and of let, the in and of distinction, right? Because you were saying that I was striving to get. Hmm. I'm saying striving to be, like the idea that I am right now the perfected version of Brad. Is not true because I'm cooperating progressively with the inheritance that's been given to me in the same way that like, if you left me a million dollars, I could say I'm a millionaire, but the way I spend that money or have access to it depends on how I'm accessing it. Like it, it does. Cause I could leave it in buried in a yard in cash and it could disintegrate or I could put it in a, a I don't know, savings because I'm nervous to spend any of it. What, what I'm saying is there's a cooperation that yeah, I think we lose. Dogecoin. Yeah, I think I, I just think all I'm trying to say is I, I'm, I get nervous at times that because I, I think where we would agree is the pendulum in the church has been swung to performance, strive to get, be something different. Like 
And I just don't want to swing the pendulum all the way over that then totally rejects the fact that I do need to cooperate with that grace that's been given. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, Does that make that's, sense? Yeah, but that's the cooperation is the learning to release. So the cooperation is not the striving. Striving is what slaves do. Sons already have. That's So the cooperation is, I'm Father, teach me how to release what you've already given me. There's something totally different than it's outside of me and I don't have possession of it to something that's mm-hmm. inside of me and I'm learning so we, how to that. So yes, it's, it is definitely something that takes effort and work yeah. and training and, and, but it's that yeah. I have it. And we that's be, the change. That's we could the be change defining of mindset. terms differently. Cause I think it sounds to me, I'd be interested in what you think on what we're saying here, Aaron, but like, it seems to me like you're defining striving as inherently performing. No, yeah, striving I, is something I, that's outside that I'm trying to get versus I already have possession. So I, of it. what I'm saying, let me, let me is paint a picture. Striving is a pursuit. Okay, so uh, the Holy Spirit, um, the Ho- Holy Spirit wants to work through us. So uh, mm-hmm. the the image that I have, I, I've used this in a in in speaking on Saint Thomas, right? That that the, the the resurrected life is the inheritance that's already been won for us. It it's in us. Right. He he is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that that means all of infinite provision lives inside of us. I imagine, um, so let's say you are you're 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 working at a, a reservoir, right? There's this immense amount of water, uh, that mm-hmm. that the this potential energy that's captured in this reservoir, and you're the guy in charge of this of the of the gate. Mm-hmm. You're the guy in charge of the sluice gate to release that power. Mm-hmm. It takes work mm-hmm. to turn the gate, but yes. but my I don't have to go out and get water. Completely, agree. I have to do the work of learning how to open open up. the gate. So so that can be that can be difficult, yeah, right? Because I need to learn how to do it. It's especially difficult when that gate hasn't ever been used and it's rusty yeah. and nasty, right? Mm-hmm. So like it's the process of yeah. There's a lot of work that has to happen, but but I would I would be remiss to to think that I can achieve you know, throwing water downstream by going and, yeah. and pulling yeah. it from a well. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to, that's, that's a sweet analogy. And I, mm-hmm. I think the, it, I think the, yes, if striving means that we have to do something with that takes effort and work, I think that's good. I, mm-hmm. I think that the, yeah. the renewal of the mind has to be that it isn't something I'm trying to get. Yeah. It's just something I already have. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think yeah. I would like to point a, paint a picture of the, mm-hmm. the uh, parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. And I yeah. think a lot of times, we paint this as the the these two sons, and I think you could classify them as two slaves as well, right? Where mm-hmm. you have one who is a slave to sin, and the other who is a slave to, if you will, the law. And mm-hmm. you have the 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 slave to sin. Of course, he goes off, he gets his inheritance, and the prodigal son is all about inheritance, right? That he goes and he's like, "Father, mm-hmm. can I have your my share of the inheritance now?" And the father mm-hmm. gives him his share of inheritance, and and he goes and he squanders it. But what's so remarkable about this is how the the second son he replies and and how the father follows up from his reply Mm -hmm. he says to his father look all these years i've served you and not once did i disobey your orders right so he's like i followed the law not once did i disobey your orders yet Mm -hmm. you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends so you Mm -hmm. i i was obedient to the law I, w- I was a slave to the law, but you never gave me the fruit. I never experienced that banquet. I never experienced mm-hmm. the heavenly promise, right? That that wedding feast that, that was supposed to come, right? So I did the law, but I didn't experience mm-hmm. the promise. 
But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him Mm -hmm. you slaughter a fattened calf. Mm -hmm. And this is what the father says. He says to him, my son, you are with me always. Everything I have is yours. Mm -hmm. And I love this because he reminds him, first of all, you're my son. You're not my slave. Mm -hmm. And you're with me always. So being with me is is the treasure right like that is like you like what more Mm -hmm. could you desire but then i just i love this and i just Mm -hmm. to to everything i have is yours Mm -hmm. everything i have is yours Mm -hmm. so this the if if we the inheritance that we receive as sons it's a living inheritance and everything the father has is mine Mm -hmm. i possess it so if the father hat if the father is love it's mine i possess love so i'm not somehow incapable of love because everything he has is mine and i think where the where the where where the son went uh, uh the 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 son who stayed the second son where he went uh, astray is he never asked right hmm. at least the first son yeah, asked for yeah, the inheritance yeah. and he squandered it right but but the son had access this whole time to everything the father had and I love it because the father's inheritance in heaven yeah, is, yeah. is endless, right? It's not like there's half. Like the, the yeah, idea right, of right, half right. is funny. Like and, <laughs> half and of infinity is yeah. infinity. And and, yeah. and you could if this wasn't the father. Yeah, half <laughs> of inf- if it wasn't the like the God the Father, you would say, well, mm-hmm. if he's slaughtering the fatted calf, that's supposed to be mine because you already gave him his, right? But mm-hmm. but it's no. There, this is endless, and everything I have is yours. It's you don't get half. You get a hundred percent, and a hundred percent of everything is everything. Yeah, and yeah. and so. This son had was living in a slave mindset, and I think so many of us in the church are living in this slave mindset where I've done everything you've asked me to yeah, do, yeah. and I haven't experienced the banquet yet. And the question is, well, why? Why haven't you experienced the banquet yet? Because you never asked for the goat for you and your friends. Yeah. You never at the reason you haven't seen someone have a breakthrough of healing is have you asked for it? Yeah. The reason you haven't experienced the fullness of peace in your life is you haven't asked for it. And, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, no, 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 I have asked for it, but you yeah. don't believe that it's yours. Right. Yeah, so like yeah, maybe you're yeah. asking for it, but you actually don't believe, no, you already have it. Right. Yeah. And Dan, I would even, I mean, mm. even to push a step further, I, I wonder in that, in that analogy here, if that son had come to the father and asked for it, what would his response have been? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to ask. The goat's already yours. Yeah, just go yeah. have a party. Just go. Right, 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 <laughs> just, right. Just go enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think there's a, and what was the like underlying mindset of the older son, right? That I've been living in fear of losing it. Mm-hmm. I've been living in fear of losing it. Mm. Like I, I've been toiling day and night because what if we lost this thing, you know? And, and that is the disposition of a slave, mm-hmm. right? Like, what if I lost the right to do this? What if yeah. I lost the ability to provide for my, like all of those things that a slave would think, but a son's not supposed to, to fear losing it. Mm. The son's supposed to find freedom and enjoying it, you know? You know? And, yeah. um, and I think that that like breaks my heart. I don't think I've ever thought about that because the, the father then goes on to say, right, that, you, that your, your, your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Like, it's some t- sometimes it's easier for someone who's dead to realize they don't have life than someone who's lifeless. Yeah. Like he was dead and he's come to life again. And he knows that you've been living for years, lifeless and had forgotten what life mm. was. And like there, there's a subtlety in that, 
that, yeah. that really can affect us in the Christian life. And I think it goes to what you and I were going back and forth on there, Dan is like, yeah, we really need to recognize that like, no life is here. And it's not, if, if Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, like the liveliness, the celebration, the excitement, the enjoyment, it's right here. <laughs> the degree to which I'm combating that is the flesh, it's the world, yeah. it's the evil one. It's, it's me mm. contending with that. I, I, I want to be able to say, well, no, the life that you've given me so good father, yeah. like I'm glad, like, cause why isn't he at the celebration? Like, even if he wasn't thinking about, cause maybe he didn't want to have a party. Envy isn't, I want the party he's having. Envy is, I don't want him to have the party. Yeah. You know? And it's like, even if the older brother never wanted a party, go into the party. Yeah. Like, cause when I recognize I have life, when someone else gets life, I celebrate it. You know? Well, I think that's a, this, if, if, if I hope the show does anything today mm -hmm. is that the breakthrough moment would be when I discover that I've been living as that second son and, and I can change that, that yeah. the father has an inheritance for me and I can embrace this inheritance, not when the father dies, not when I die, but now yeah. because the father yeah. is like, yeah, it's here. And it's, right. I'm not worried about things running out. So just take it. And I think yeah. to close, I'd like to highlight three things, three ways that we can really embrace this inheritance. I think the first one is that we have to make withdrawals. And you, you shared this mm -hmm. um, earlier, Brad, that there's, there's a difference between having access to an inheritance without withdrawing. It would be useless if my grandma dies and she lives, <laughs> leaves me a million dollars in the bank. Well, that million dollars really doesn't do me any good unless I, I start writing a check. Right. And right. the beautiful thing is the Lord gives us blank checks. And so mm -hmm. we, can, mm -hmm. we can start writing checks to make withdrawals in the inheritance more frequently, that we don't have to see ourselves as, um, yeah, we're not we're not living in a household that is destitute. That we are mm -hmm. living in a household that is abundant, and mm -hmm. um, and I think sometimes we as God's children approach Him with destitution in mind. Can I can I yeah, eat the yeah, scraps yeah, that yeah, fall yeah. from your table? And the scraps that fall from the Father's table are great scraps, yeah, right? Yeah. That, that that is good enough. But no, we're at the table, and so we can make withdrawals. Aaron, how do you, how do you make withdrawals? What do you do in your spiritual life to to practice making withdrawals? Yeah, I, I mean. I just, I think the, the phrase that comes to mind is pray with faith, right? To actually, to actually put yourself in a position where I can't do this thing on my own. I mean, it, it seems almost like we're uh, reducing it down to an oversimplistic perspective, mm -hmm. but I, I, love, I love seeing those simple gifts of the Spirit as powerful as they may be, like a, a prophetic word mm. of, yeah, of yeah. being a practice of this, of realizing that in order to draw upon the prophetic inheritance that God has for me, I've got to open my mouth. Yep. Yeah. Right. Right. I've right. got to open my mouth right. and allow myself to 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 speak, uh, to speak the Lord's word. Amen. And so, yeah. and sometimes it is. It's it's building habits of realizing that okay, I'm still not at the place where it's frequently comfortable for me to do that. So yeah. I just need to do it more often. Good. Yeah, I love that. So the first one is we want to make withdrawals. The second one is we want to live from, not strive for. And, and I think this is the renewal of the mind that we went back and forth. And I think the, I, I think at the end, Brad, you were you highlighted our distinction. So yes, striving is very so like how I think, we define that. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And so, but I think the the principle here is the renewal of the mind that's needed is that we already have the inheritance. It's not something we're trying to get. And so yeah. it, it it does take discipline and time and effort. And maybe that's yeah. where. 
the richness of this teaching is because if you hear this teaching and you're like, oh, okay, well, since I have it, then tomorrow, as soon as I ask, yeah. everything should be I'm perfect, fine. right? Everything's but, great. Yeah, it's this, it's this diligent practice of learning that, okay, I lack nothing in Christ Jesus. Everything he has is mine. Those words, the, the father speaks to the son are so everything I have is yours. Mm-hmm. So if we can understand that everything he has is ours, I lack nothing, That's good. but I have to learn mm-hmm. how to live in that. And so, and, and I think this is beautiful that it, um, Joshua, when, when Moses dies, God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore arise, go over this Jordan and, uh, and with your people unto the land, which I will give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, mm-hmm. as I said unto Moses. I've already so, given it unto yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So they're already they're 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 about to enter the king uh, the the promised land, right? Mm-hmm. And and we already have this promised land, this inheritance that we're striving, like living for, yeah. striving for whatever. whatever. It's this yeah. already not yet. But he says, everywhere your foot goes, mm-hmm. I've given you that. And so I think this idea of that, okay, I have it now. I'm gonna walk daily yeah. with this reality. What does that look like for you, Brad? When you when when you walk every every place your footsteps, yeah. you're walking on what yeah. I, I, well, I mean, just humbly, I think it's still a wrestle. But to live from instead of for means to recognize right at the beginning that I have everything needed for what is gonna be brought my way that day. Mm. Right. So one one practice I do in the morning is I just I actually just come before the Lord. And very quickly, sometimes it's like a minute because I'm getting out the door, but everything that comes up today, Lord, you've already given me what I need for it, mm. right? So if bad news comes today, I already have what I need for that. If, if And I'm a pretty orderly person. Like I, I like having my schedule. I like having my list like done. If all of that gets knocked aside today and my heart is starting to flutter, you've already given me what I need for that. Mm. And recognizing that at the beginning of the day and then examining my day at the end of the day has blessed me tremendously because I start the day there. And then at the end of the day, I examine and I'm like, Oh Lord, I know I said that at the beginning of the day and I forgot that halfway through. And I started <laughs> living for you to be pleased with me to mm-hmm. be, because I'm a good missionary and I'm a good son, yeah. you know, instead of from, wait, you already gave me what I needed for that. Yeah. I just tried to reinvent the wheel. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't go to you. I said, well, I'll try to make this work. So anyway, yeah. I think starting your day with that recognition and ending your day with with an honest observation of how well you did there. Cause again, I think that is where we access that flow of water. It's like, okay, each day I want to get 1% better mm. at actually meaning that. I love yeah. that. And then the last point I think to embrace our inheritance is we want to give it away. So hmm. there, when we have a treasure, especially an abundant treasure that is endless, we want to give it away. Yeah, yeah. And I find that if you're struggling to realize how to allow the inheritance to bless your life, when you start allowing the inheritance of heaven to bless other people's lives, you grow in faith of how it can bless yours. So if I realize uh, uh, the analogy I like to use is if there's a benevolent king and his sons or his daughter comes up to the benevolent king and he's like, hey, dad, I see in our kingdom, there are people who are are poor and I want to feed them. A benevolent king would be like, absolutely use whatever kingdom's resources we have to feed those in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think that we, when we realize, oh my gosh, I have access to all of heaven's resources mm-hmm. for his people, mm-hmm. and, and that's when the kingdom of God is manifested in the world. That Jesus was like, the kingdom of God 
the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And because he saw that the kingdom, of, he declared the kingdom of heaven was at hand, he saw that he had access to the inheritance of heaven, he was able to release that upon the people yeah. who are poor and suffering. And that's where, let's give it away, right? Yeah. When I understand I have access to the healing power of heaven, I can give that away mm-hmm. to others. When I have access to the peace of heaven, I can give that away to others. And when I when I have access, I, I like to even, when doing prayer ministry, just mm-hmm. sometimes I'll even reach my hand up, but I like to picture myself reaching my hand up, grabbing a resource from heaven yeah, and yeah. just giving yeah, it yeah. to the person yeah. in front of me. And, and I think when we start doing that, mm-hmm. number one, we see lives in front of us changed and transformed, right? Which is so it shows powerful. shows you the inheritance is real, yeah. right? Cause, and for our listeners, that's what you were saying earlier when you kept... Uh, in the exchange we were having saying like, oh no, it's about releasing it because it does, it, yeah. it shows you that this is real. Like yes. when I release it, it's like, wait, something happened, Yeah, which must've been, there was something there. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. And then you have confidence that, oh my gosh, if, if the Lord can do this through me, Correct. he's doing it in, in me. Yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah. Aaron, what, what if in your ministry, how have you given the inheritance of the kingdom away? I, I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's coming to that, for me, it's visualization. Okay. So this is, this might be weird. I remember I was in, I was in college once and we were rock climbing and it was, a, there was a rock climbing move that was really, was very challenging. I was working at it for like 45 minutes and just couldn't hit it. And, uh, the guy I was climbing with was like, okay, just close your eyes and visualize it. And I was like, that's stupid. So I, <laughs> I, I closed my eyes and visualized myself like making this move and then went for it. And it, it happened exactly like it was in my mind. Mm. And I think huh. that, uh, oftentimes, you know, that's a, that's kind of a, a practical guidance that I'm sure some guru or coach would offer, but yeah, yeah, like there's, there's a way that, that it is through the renewal of the mind of realizing that, okay, you're asking me to do something that on my own strength is impossible. Yeah. So I need to, I need to put myself in, in a place to understand that, like, let's, let's go through a visual exercise of, yeah. of imagining, okay, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to imagine praying this prayer and seeing it happen in front of me. Yeah. And and then let's go yeah. for it. Well, in the moment that I feel like that's juvenile, it's because I'm a son. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I think we take ourselves so seriously because I have the same responses you have in those situations. I'm like, this is stupid. It's like almost like saying it's beneath me to, to like visualize this. I'll get it eventually. And then it's like, wait, actually, when I simplify it, sometimes it makes it easier. Imagine that. Yeah. So but, I love I love your example, Dan, of of like reaching up, but I'm actually making a physical action of reaching up and grabbing hold of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause our although, body it allows our spirit. Although to keep you accountable. It would be reaching inside. Yeah. It would be reaching inside. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, I was thinking that as I said that, I was like, huh. But the, and I think the, uh, that, for that practice. So the first time I heard this concept, right. Cause we're, we don't teach this uh, uh, mm-hmm. often. And the first time I heard this concept, well, we teach this, we teach this we here. Teach yes. This uh, here, but, but I, w- yeah. I was greatly, uh, Offended at, fir- at first, I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, this, yeah. The, it, and the way the the person presented it, it, it was a non-Christian, and so I mean, I'm sorry, non-Catholic. So I was, I was <laughs> like, a non-Catholic. I was questioning all of, all of the, all a lot of the other <laughs> theological nuances that he ha- he had in his message, um, but the. Uh, <laughs> But I had I wrestled with this, like literally wrestled mm-hmm. with this for mm-hmm. hours, day after day in prayer. Not hours every single day, but no, like over like time. over time. And it was just this time of like like really wrestling with. And I think that visualization is so important, Aaron, because I think if if you're you're listening today and you're like, this is different than what I've heard, right? Mm-hmm. Then vis- like come to understand what does it look like to have the inheritance of kingdom? Because we all believe that we're temples of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We all believe that in the already, not yet. These are these are Catholic fundamental truths. Mm-hmm. Now, 
take that deeper to understand if I've received this inheritance, what does that look like yeah. in my soul? Mm-hmm. What what have I received now? Mm-hmm. And visualize that interiorly in my soul. And then as you're suggesting, if I've received that and I'm called to give it away, mm-hmm. then then what does it look like mm-hmm. to give what I've received from heaven mm-hmm. away to others? Yeah. And as as you wrestle with that, I think what you'll discover is a renewed way of thinking, mm-hmm. praying, and relating to others that yeah. is absolutely transformed. Can I give one practical step absolutely. to that? Absolutely. So when we go to Mass, uh, the high point of the Mass is communion, it, right? It, it, and we know this. I'm, I'm speaking like elementary, but like we we actually take in Jesus. Mm. Like that that is a real act where we are taking in the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord so that he can meet himself who's already there. So there's actually in the mass an opportunity for me when I when I take communion to say, and I want to live from this communion every day of my life. I want to recognize that in the same way, that I think that the Lord just knew that we're such physical creatures that we needed that representation, that like actually mm-hmm. taking in the Eucharist and taking Jesus into us allows us to know, wait, he actually lives inside of me in a very real way through the food that he nourishes me with mm. and spiritually. Yep. in the way that he's taken up residence since my baptism. So maybe the next time you go to mass, um, if I could encourage that to the listeners, like next time you go to mass, when you go and you receive the Lord, allow him to know that you want to be aware of him within you in the same way you are in that moment for the rest of your life. Mm. And I think it will change your life. Amen. I love it. Uh, one of you guys want to close in prayer? Yeah. In the name <laughs> of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jesus, thank you for teaching us new ways of, of thinking. Thank you for stretching us to visualize new ways of imagining ourselves. We pray for the grace that you'd release it in us. God, I pray that each of our listeners would have access to a to a new way of understanding who it is that you've called them to be, who it is you've built them to be, and who, what it is that they have access to, Lord, as they as they reach into that inheritance that you've given them to be able to minister. I pray, God, that, that it wouldn't just be a theoretical conversation, but, Lord, that you'd, you'd see application and mission. Right now, I pray that you would you would even move in the hearts and the minds of those who are listening to today's show that, uh, that, that there would be an image that they'd receive right now of how it is that, that you want to apply this directly. Mm-hmm. I'm even receiving right now that um, there's someone in the field of education who's seeing how entering into a prophetic process will will bless the relationships that have been difficult in the classroom. I'm seeing also a person in healthcare who has had trouble maintaining peace in the environment of dealing with patients. That that Lord, you would you would grant a new fruit um, that that there'd be access to a, to a supernatural grace to be able to minister in your peace. So Lord, whatever whatever line of work we're in, whatever line of mission we're in, I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you'd give us the grace not only to be able to see what it is you want to accomplish, but be able to have access to the inheritance that you give us, to those gifts that you've got in store that we could see it accomplished in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the, name the, Father, the Father, Son, and the, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 You've been listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where Encounter Meets Mission. We're so grateful and thankful for our sponsors, St. Gabriel Radio. We're grateful for EWTN for carrying us across the global Catholic radio network. Mm-hmm. We're also really excited for anyone who likes and subscribes to our YouTube or podcast just because it allows us to reach more people. So thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone else, share it on social media so that people's lives can be transformed with the word of God. We'll see you next week. God bless.